women have a unique role in creation. Women are the nurturers, the birth givers, the more spiritual of the genders. And Torah teaches that women have a special status. Join Mashi Lipska for the next hour as she expounds the Torah wisdom specific to women. Only on 101.9 High FM. Mashi Lipska. So happy to be with you on Chai FM on this Arab Shabbos, particularly because during this week it is going to be the yard side of our beloved Rebbe, Wednesday night and Thursday. It is unbelievably 26 years. And as we prepare for any important day, it becomes important to reflect on the lessons that one can incorporate into the here and now. And the parshas that we read during this time of Gimel Tamas, the Yorzeit of the Rebbe, really underscore the love that the Rebbe had and continues to beam to the world through his teachings and his emissaries and those who were touched by him and feel compelled to pay that love forward has grown and is in need of constant re-examination, continues to be a source of great, great inspiration. And if one would examine, what is it that personified the love of the Rebbe, the life of the Rebbe? One would have to say love. One would have to say that essential teaching that he loved Hashem, he loved the Torah, and he loved every person, every creation. He loved the land of Israel, love, positivity, seeing the good in people and seeing the opportunity as it refreshes itself at every moment. Not focusing on what was or what will be, but focusing on the moment. And if ever we need those teachings, we need them right now. During this time of confusion, this time of change, this time of challenge, we want to draw on the teachings, on the example, on the light that the Rebbe shone and take it into our lives, not just in a general way, but in a very specific way. And just to share with you that it has already started, but around the world this past week and onwards into next week, there are many, many classes, Zooms, international ones, national ones, that explore the teachings of the Rebbe, connection to the Rebbe, connection to Hashem, connection to our fellow Jew, connection to all of humankind. Because it is about connection. It is about this incredible world we live in, the opportunity to shine at every moment. And the name of the parasha encapsulates it. Shlach. Send. Shlach. We are emissaries of God. We are sent to this world. Every moment of our lives is 
laser beam directed by God himself to the particular place where the work that our soul needs to be done, needs to do, is waiting to be done. We are irreplaceable. Nobody can do it for us. Each and every one of us contributes to the balance, to the beauty, to what all of creation needs to be. God does nothing by mistake, God forbid, down to the last molecule, down to the last detail. And much as, think of it this way, a world-famous chef puts the ingredients in just right. He doesn't put extra salt, thinking, what's a bit of extra salt? He's got it all balanced. His reputation is at stake. His creativity is at stake. He does it perfectly. We cannot advise Hashem, add a little bit here, take away a little bit there. It's his recipe. Infinite, perfect. And each one of us is exactly where we need to be. But the good news is that every single moment is a chance to choose again. We are shluchim, shlichim of Hashem. And he sends us to the exact place where we need to be, encountering the exact people that we need to encounter with the exact challenges, personal, internal, external, that are needed for not only the development of our soul, but that are needed for the perfection of all of creation. And that is how it is. That is truth. That is absolute. And when we examine the work of the Rebbe, the attitude of the Rebbe, the positivity of the Rebbe, we begin to be able to take that into our own lives and apply it because it is about the details. People have asked, why do the Hasidim adore the Rebbe so much? The story is told actually of a a young man who wasn't involved in Yiddishkeit so much. He lived in France and he came close to a circle of yeshiva students in France. And he was very, very attracted by the Torah way of life, the Hasidic way of life, by the teachings, very uplifted. But there was one thing that bothered him. He was uncomfortable with the extreme reverence that the Hasidim had for the Rebbe. When he shared that feeling with some of his friends, they suggested that he travel to New York and ask the Rebbe himself. And when he eventually got there, he asked the Rebbe, Rebbe, why is it that the Hasidim literally venerate you? And the Rebbe answered in French. He said, I love every Jew. De boldement. Literally overflowing in French. The love the Hasidim have for me is simply a reflection of my love for them. Amazing. One begins to understand 
things are not the way they necessarily look, necessarily look on the surface. Things are much deeper. People are much deeper. Hashem, of course, the details are deep. It is up to us to begin to explore, to discuss, to be open. This is the greatness of a Torah way of life. Nobody is just saying, this is how it is. Don't ask any questions. To ask, to explore, actually brings forth the most incredible insight. So important. And this is what we see with the myriad of interviews that we didn't know about necessarily the nights that people came to see the Rebbe. And then afterwards, people began to record their stories with a foundation called GEM, Jewish Educational Media. And we have access today to some of these interviews where people shared what the Rebbe said to them, what they asked the Rebbe. It is mind-boggling. It is startling. And we'll talk more about that when we come back from this break. You're listening to Conversations with Mashi only on 101.9 High FM. Good Nerv Shabbos, I'm Mashi Lipsker. The days are finally beginning to get a little bit longer. May Hashem grace us with more sunshine. The sunshine helps. Everything helps. What helps most of all is to understand that all of this is being directed personally directed, we are being targeted by God's love. It seems to be wrapped in givura, in sternness. But inside of that is chesed, is love. And with every situation, and this one is no different, these challenges are given to us that we access the light therein. We wouldn't be in the situation if there wouldn't be something and many things positive that we can actually draw into our lives and be better people because of all of this. And so we look at the parsha. Nothing is by mistake. And the parsha speaks of our great shepherd, Moshe Rabbeinu. Hashem has taken the people out of Egypt. He's about to take them into the land and something happens. Two things have happened before, but this third one brings about the decree that the Jewish people will have to wander in the desert for 40 years, that the generation of the desert called Doyer Dea, a generation who were the students of Moshe Rabbeinu, who were great Torah scholars, who spent all of their time in Torah study and in prayer and in a spiritual, elevated, connected kind of life that they would not enter the land, but their children would. These people, who were righteous people, made a mistake. What is a mistake? The mistake was that they wanted to stay in the desert. Daily manna nurtured their bodies and their souls. Heavenly food. They didn't have to work. 
daily water, spiritual water that flowed from a rock. Clouds of glory that protected them from everything negative. Every snake, every scorpion, enemy nations. They felt God's protection. But they were carried. Everything was done for them. It was a kind of life that perhaps the child in us yearns for. I don't want to work. I want to be taken care of. I'm a good person. I'm a spiritual person. God will take care of me. I cocoon myself away from the world. I stay in the yeshiva. I stay in the ghetto. I stay in a positive sense. I stay in the holy walls of a secluded neighborhood where I don't have to have contact with people who are not like me. I protect, I seclude, I cloister myself. And it's beautiful. It's Ganeid and it's heaven. And Hashem says, no, that's not why I created the world. <coughs> I created the world as a place with people and creations for a purpose. And everything, the people, the time and the place have to come together and do work. They were on their way to the Holy Land to go into the land of Israel, which signifies a change from the yeshiva into real life. From life where you're being taken care of by your parents, you're in the yeshiva, you're enjoying a spiritual life, as it were, and everything's being taken care of. Hashem, our Father, looked after all our needs. But he said, you need to go up a step. It might seem that you're going down, but this is really up. You're going to have to work hard. You will have to come in and fight the enemy and subdue them. Bring in holiness into that land, which at that time had tremendous potential, but was inhabited by many warrior nations, pagan nations. The work had to begin to transform the world into a palace for God, a garden for God, a dwelling place for the king of kings, according to his creation. That's what it's for. And the one that has to transform it is us. And the Doyer Dea, the generation that was worthy of standing at Sinai, of being the disciples of Moshe, who learned all their Torah from their teacher Moshe. Imagine a teacher like that, who himself was taught by God himself. But Hashem said, no, that is not my purpose. My purpose is to interact in society, to till the soil, to be involved in detail in laws that have to do with society and with subduing the world, as it were. So there's two different sides here. The one is a completely spiritual life. And the other side, well, potentially is a life where you can blend the two, but the spies were scared. They said it's too hard. They weren't wrong. It was a tremendous, tremendous challenge. 
and continues to be. And despite the fact that they were promised that Hashem's blessings would be with them, they were afraid. They were afraid because they saw what would happen. They saw that although they believed in Hashem, their belief was temporarily overridden by an insane thought. And the insane thought was that Hashem cannot. It's too big. The partnership is going to fail, God forbid. But as soon as Hashem rebuked them, suddenly something changed. They realized what they had done. And they kind of woke up and they said, no, no, okay. God forbid, we do believe, we do trust. And they wanted to rush ahead and go into Eretz Yisrael. What happened over here? The Gvura, the rebuke, actually stripped away something that was covering their belief. You see, we all have a soul. And each one of us today, we have that same pure soul. Even though it is hundreds and thousands of years since Revelation at Sinai. And living in the world, collecting physical material things, indulging in physical material things without realizing or without focusing that it's for a greater purpose, it covers up our sensitivity, our neshama. Our neshama has such purity such connection to God and its mission in this world. But when something harsh happens and you suddenly wake up, you have an opportunity to actually shed that perspective and to cut through straight to the core. It's not like we have to be convinced. Suddenly we feel it. We just have to be awakened, shaken awake, and our emuna, our bitachon, begins to shine. We suffer from many, many doubts. We live in a physical world, and this dominant material perspective that creeps into our lives begins to dominate the way we think, the way we function, how we spend our time. But deep within us, we believe in Hashem. <clears throat> we believe that this terrible pandemic has been sent by Hashem. There's no other way. Hashem directs the world, the master chef. The ingredients have to be exact. He's not going to put in too much salt. It will spoil the dish. Everything, everything is exact. And in such a case, because we have pure belief in Hashem, we don't need our doubts to be answered directly. We don't need to be sidetracked into this situation of convince me, I'm going to debate it, I'm going to discuss it. It's not like that. We just have to reawaken our pure faith. It burns within our soul anyhow. And how do we reawaken it? We reawaken it with action. 
the Lubavitcher Rebbe of sainted memory had many, many projects. In the 50s, he began to send emissaries. They spoke on college campuses, on university campuses. It proceeded ultimately after the Six-Day War to something called the Mitzvah Campaign, where the Rebbe initially targeted over a period of a few years, 10 basic entry-level mitzvahs. The first one was to put on tefillin, to light Shabbos candles, to give a coin to tzedakah, to display Jewish books, a siddur, a chumash, a tilim, in a prominent place in our home, our mezuzot, study of Torah on a daily basis, educating our children with a pure education. He moved up to things like keeping kosher, family purity, the mikveh. But the overriding one, which encompassed them all, and which stands on its own as well, is love. Loving your fellow. Loving your fellow as yourself, which means you better love yourself, which means you better know and work on knowing and reveal that you are God's precious child. You are integral to all of creation. What's happening to you at this moment? How you feel, how somebody else is treating you, your reaction, all affects the balance, the future, the beauty, the construction, of our world, which is hurtling toward becoming a revealed home for God in the time of Mashiach. We all want a better world. Pushing it in a crazy way is not going to help. Yes, the Rebbe said, the time has come for us to demand that Mashiach come. And what is that? That is a statement where we say, God, you can. And our part is to want. <coughs> we want Mashiach now. We need Mashiach now. This pandemic, having touched every corner of creation, boggles the mind. This is not some sort of conspiracy, some sort of from outer space or from a lab somewhere they can affect the entire world. Man can do nothing that God doesn't want. We're all part of Hashem's plan. Only devotion, submission to his plan is going to succeed. And that's why in the Parsha, when the people, after feeling broken, that they had made such a big mistake in doubting God's power, and they wanted to go forward and push their way up because they did Teshuvah. No, we're sorry. But Moshe said, it won't be successful. Why? Because neither Moshe nor the Ark of God would go with them. We have to have buy-in from Hashem himself, from leadership. There has to be the buy-in. But how do we get that buy-in? By sincerity. 
by devotion, and most of all, by helping each other. What happened over there is that 10 people dragged everybody down. If that is the power of negative, how much more so is the power of good? When a person is aware that he has a mission, he has a purpose, he has a focus, a reason to live. Our Rebbe saw purpose and greatness and irreplaceable value in everyone, from a newborn to a very old person, healthy person, God forbid, sick person, rich person, person who's God forbid, destitute, a leader, a follower, a scholar, a scientist, a professor, because the Rebbe saw the essence and he saw how much Hashem loves us. And he wanted to connect us to Hashem. And what is the connection? Mitzvah. And that's why the ten mitzvahim, or the mitzvah campaign, targeted sometimes just once. Light your candles once. The good news is that so often, the mitzvah, the connection, brings about a revelation of the soul. It begins to shine more brightly. It begins to surface. And we feel drawn to doing it again. But our job is to reach out to others and connect them to Hashem. If you're listening to this program, you're already identifying with Yiddishkeit, with God, with purpose, with belief. So what do we do with that? Just listen? No. Action. Love. And love translated into giving someone else a gift. An eternal gift. A gift of upliftment. We'll be right back after this. You're listening to Conversations with Mashi only on 101.9 High FM. I'm Mashi Lipsker. This is High FM. And we're talking about the Lubavitcher Rebbe of Blessed Memory, whose 26th yard site will be on Wednesday night and Thursday. May Hashem help that even before then, we merit the coming of Mashiach. But every Shabbos blesses all the days of the week ahead, and this Shabbos blesses the day of the yard site. Indeed, it works both ways, this Shabbos and next Shabbos. Not only does every Shabbos bless the days of the week ahead, but all the days of the week are gathered up, named for, in the Shabbos after. So both this week and next week are incredible opportunities for blessing. What happens on a yard site? We're told in the Zohar it is written that on a yard site, especially the yard site of a tzaddik, all of his deeds come together, all of his Torah learning, all of his deeds, all of his actions in this world come together in one great light. And anyone who attaches himself to the deeds, to the teachings of that tzaddik is joined when that tzaddik is elevated on the day of the yard site. And every year the light grows because the influence, the amount of mitzvahs done on the inspiration 
of that soul, of that person, is credited not only to the one who performs the mitzvah, but to the one that has inspired them to perform the mitzvah. This is a week of tremendous blessing. We begin to prepare now. We begin to prepare through study, which we're doing right here, and through carrying the way of the Rebbe, the love, the reaching out to others, carrying it forth into the world. When you want to show love to someone, in these days, people need our love. They need a phone call. They need that human contact. We can't give hugs, but we can give virtual hugs, verbal hugs. WhatsApp, SMS, email, telephone call. We have so many gifts at our disposal that Hashem has put into place before He gave us this restriction. And in everything that Hashem does, there is good. In fact, the Gemara says, no bad ever descends from above. And from above comes everything. And that concealed good comes from a place of greater love than revealed good. And it is our job to embrace, to remove the outer coverings. And then only the deep light shines out. Concealed good has to be smuggled into the world because the world is in balance and there are challenges to that balance. There can't be too much light, too much revelation. Otherwise, it's not a fair choice. So we need to view challenges such as these, all challenges, personal, communal, national, financial, as exactly meted out, measured out, like a fine chef puts the right amount of spice, not a modicum more nor less, into his famous dish. This world belongs to Hashem. And every detail of this world is directed by him at every microsecond, nanosecond. It is up to us to live a balanced life. We need to ardently pursue a spiritual life, but remain in this world connected to people. We may not want to. We may want to retreat and study and live a sedate life. It's being offered to us, to many of us at the moment. We must humbly submit to our divine mission. What is self-interest at this time? Depends. If you're a spiritual person, self-interest might be just to sit and study, pray at length, say a lot of Tehillim. That's not what God wants of us. A certain amount, yes. But what he wants is for us to involve our personalities and our circumstances and turn them into a service of God. All of us can just do mitzvahs by rote, but that's blind obedience. God doesn't want that. The spies were sent into the land to actually review it, to look at it to involve themselves and to see what they saw. 
Their mistake was they should have come back and privately discussed it with Moshe. Not to stand up in front of everyone and start screaming. What happens is a choice. Let's make good choices. Hashem could have miraculously brought the people into the land and miraculously smitten those enemy nations or made them nullified in front of the people. That's not the work. Hashem wants the real person, the entire person to be involved in making this world a dwelling place for him. If you're sitting and listening in Sandringham Gardens, look at the person next to you. By divine providence put there. If someone is concerning you, worrying you, there's work to be done, usually to be more kind to them, which incredibly often melts the resistance. Each one of us is exactly placed where we need to be. And Hashem bringing all of the people that we need to touch, to give to or take from into our space. We are emissaries of Hashem. But we need to be real. We can't retreat. We can't retract. We have to come out of our room. Do what has to be done. Whether it means virtually or practically, each and every one of us is essential for the completion of all of creation. (coughs) This world is about give and take. As long as we're just looking at what should be given to us, And concerned with that, we can never fill up. We need to see what we need to give. The story is told of a chosid who had been very wealthy, a generous man, who gave a lot of tzedakah and took care of his orphaned sister-in-law, niece's nephew, or sister, niece's nephew, and had lost not only his money, but the money that he had been entrusted with to buy merchandise for others. And he came to the Rebbe, the first Rebbe, the Alter Rebbe, and he said, Rebbe, I'm not asking for myself, but at least to pay back those I owe. I need to marry off my nieces and nephews just need to pay back. I can live a quieter life, but I need. And the Rebbe looked at him sternly. Listen to this. And he said to him, what you have spoken about is what you need. But what you are needed for, you haven't mentioned. And one would think, such a good man. Why shouldn't the Rebbe give him a blessing? Okay, everything will be good. Because everything that he lost, it was for a purpose. It was with a design. What are we needed for in every circumstance? Let's look at and ask ourselves the question, why am I in this situation? Why did God put me here? What am I needed for? Because when we examine creation, all of nature is a give and take. Everything is cyclic. The trees give out. We breathe in. Animals need to be in a certain place in order to restrict other things from happening. The world needs to be in balance. 
Animals do need to hunt each other. Animals do need to go according to their nature in order that the rest of nature, the river should flow properly and the forest should be there properly. There has to be a balance in nature. Balance comes from give and take. And guess what? Give and get. What we cannot get directly as children yearn to be taken care of by their parents is Hashem saying take responsibility. When you will give, you will get. You must go into the land. You must face it head on because through that you will be extremely, extremely uplifted. That's how I made you. The spies, the scouts did not want to give. They only wanted to get. But the way of the world is give and get. And so, amazingly, the Lubavitcher Rebbe gave so much, sent his emissaries around the world to give so much. Please, God, next week we'll talk more about it. More than we give, we get. Reach out to someone. Share with them that candle lighting is 5.06 today. The days are getting a little bit longer. Reach out to someone and remind them to put on tefillin. If they don't know how, but they have tefillin, show them on Zoom. Put a coin in tzedakah. Give. Let's remember that whatever God has given us, financial, intellectual, emotional, abilities and talents, it's not just a free gift. We have to use those things to give back. And particularly in these times, it's easy. Each one of us should set aside money for tzedakah. If I don't have spare, let me put aside one rand, two rands. And that becomes a vessel for blessing. We set the cycle into motion. When we give, we get in an emotional way, in a spiritual way. Hashem made the world that way. It's not just about giving. It's about giving. It's not just about getting. It's about getting. And the cycle is that. As we give, we get. Hashem will see to it. Have a good Shabbos. May we be privileged to share good, healthy news from near and far. Good Shabbos.